0: Um, so a guy like Ezra Cleveland out of, um, we'll cut that. Oh Jesus. (laughs) So we'll start at, I'll start at a guy like, so a guy like Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. We'll cut that. We'll cut that. We'll cut that. Oh Jesus. (laughs) This dude, I swear to God.
1: Oh my God.
0: Oh, that's the best. This is what happens when you give editing power to, uh. To your best friend. To the funny guy. Hit the music.
1: This is the educated fan, and I am Brandon, and I'm here with your co-host and my best friend, as usual, Andrew Moore. How are you doing this week, bud?
0: Not too bad, man. I feel like I say that every week, but uh, it's been chill. It's been a chill week. I wish it wasn't uh, so cold and snowy here in uh, Northeast Indiana. Hopefully, uh, ready to get better weather, better, uh, more time to spend outside. Just got a grill this weekend about to become the uh, the nice grill master this summer I'm pretty excited about that but uh yeah man I mean we're less than a week away from the draft now and I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about that can't wait to see what happens
1: awesome so my week my job decided to start doing curbside service last week how do you like that uh well we're getting there uh last week was beautiful for the most part had some rain and whatnot now this previous week, that I did work was snow and cold and terrible. And now this week I'm off. Guess what? 55, 60 degrees all week. So I got the short end of the freaking <laughs> stick there. Um. So makes you stronger. It's good for you. Yeah. This is episode six, draft preview. We're going to talk about some defenders and whatnot. But first, this week we did have... A little bit of Colts news and let me start with this. Okay. The new Jersey changes and logo changes and whatnot were very small. It was not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. Was, was very overreacted to by some assholes and even by some fans overreacting on a positive end. So let's just go over a little bit of that. Okay. it wasn't big changes. It, I mean, it was, it was some small things we got. The biggest change is the secondary logo that you're not going to see on anything except for clothes. Yeah.
0: It's going to be on merchandise and, and things like that. I don't think it's going to be on the field at all. Um, the only f- thing they're adding the secondary, you know, or secondary logo to on the Jersey is it's going to be on the inside of the neckline. So you're not going to gonna anyway. be able to see it anyway. Um, I do think it's cool. I like how they incorporated the state of Indiana into the uh, into the new wordmark C. Um, I did buy a shirt
1: this week. Um, for Good it. move because I wouldn't be shocked if they got rid of the logo. I don't know if they will. I don't think so. I mean,
0: there was there was some controversy over a uh, former uh, vice principal at a indie high school that had kind of made kind of a similar logo. Um, And it did kind of generate some buzz. Did the Colts copy it? But the thing is, the Colts don't make the logos. It's an independent designer in the NFL offices that that makes those. Um, So that's why, I mean, even if they did, I mean, he didn't copyright it or anything, so there's nothing legally they can do. Um, It it was, in my opinion, a bigger mess and something that really didn't need to be dealt with. I don't think it was really that important. Um, But. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not like the Colts went through a major uniform change completely. Um, The numbers changed a little bit. They went back to the numbers that they wore. Um, I which think it was cool as hell. Uh, yeah, I do like the that's the style of the number. I think they wore them within the 60s and 70s. I could be wrong. Um, and then they just changed the the font of Indianapolis and Colts. Now that might change because in the end zones it has Indianapolis on one end and Colts on the other, so that might look a little different. They might make the new sure. uh, word marks font in the end zones. But really, I think that's the only difference you're gonna notice. And then on the away jerseys the uh the nike swoosh above above the numbers on the arm it's going to change from blue to black so uh, in the nfl i don't really get too hyped about jersey changes in the nba do because nba jerseys are nba's sick yeah they're um i'm a big nba jersey guy but um in the nfl i i i just don't think it matters that much i mean it's something for the fans to talk about but you talk about for a day and it's over
1: so that's my thing okay it's not a big deal Okay, but in this lull week before the draft, okay, when changes like that are made in the offseason, we get a, it's just something to get a little excited about. You bought a new shirt, I'm gonna buy a new shirt. You know what I mean? It's p- the people that are making a huge deal out of it. I, they were t- shit talking it on ESPN the other day. Oh, Indianapolis really fudged up. No one gives a shit. And the guy from Cathedral, in my personal opinion, can get over it. Okay, <laughs> grow up. The Colts stole your look which they didn't the Colts stole your logo just be like hey that's pretty cool guess they like my stuff anyway so the that's the thing it's just a little change a little something to get kind of excited about there's the they didn't do what the falcons did you know what i mean they didn't they didn't totally do a lot of complete overhaul. a lot
0: of people didn't like the falcons jerseys i I didn't mind them
1: and everybody's comparing them to uh the guys from the longest yard and I was like I saw that mean machine. I was like, That's kinda of badass. I love that movie. I mean, I, I don't mind
0: them. I, I i like how the Browns went to their old traditional uniforms. I haven't looked
1: up I haven't looked up the other changes um, other than Colts and I saw the Falcons. Yeah, uh, apparently this
0: this week before the draft, the uh the Patriots are gonna release their tiny changes. Um, the Chargers are gonna release theirs. Um, but uh yeah, I mean in the grand scheme of things uniforms don't really matter I'm gonna get a T.Y. Hilton jersey I think this year just because I don't have one and old boy is heading on the home stretch of his career and I'd like to have one before uh before he does retire hopefully as a colt but um yeah so that's that's my jersey I know you're you're on that Philip Rivers train you're gonna get that
1: Philip Rivers jersey I was gonna buy it the other day after um the new updates were announced but they don't have the new jersey style available yet so I gotta wait okay so, this week, like I said, we're talking about the NFL draft, and we're going to give a little bit of a Colts defensive preview. Um, so, let's start out. What do you – I'll start with what I think the Colts need. It, just our needs in different positions and whatnot. Um, I think – I mean, I mean, we have written down, you know, edge and inside uh, linemen. Um, we also have both positions in the secondary written down. I think our biggest thing that we uh, – gotta touch on um of course i forgot my damn stats at home is 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 getting to the quarterback um just pressuring and then sacks in general i think we're 23rd in the nfl in uh sacks this year in 2019 i think it was a little bit higher i was no i was was thinking around nfl stats last night it was 23. i I thought it was around 15th or so and then justin houston now justin houston was 13th in the nfl sacks. okay um but do you know who our next highest sack leader was was it Terrell? No, it was Darius Leonard. Oh, with Darius five. Leonard. <laughs> and do you want to know who had the most interceptions on our team? Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard. I mean, Linebackers should not have the you, most interceptions you can't stop on the team. Maniac. I understand that and I love Darius Leonard. I was watching some interviews he was on ESPN a couple of times. Um you know, so but it, our, our, our linebackers should not have the most interceptions on our team. So um, that was kind of what I had written down. We actually weren't that bad. Uh, I think we're 17th middle of the pack in interceptions, somewhere in that neighborhood, Um, it, which kind of sh- – I was like, oh, we, we, our need isn't as high as I thought it was in that in that neighborhood. But it would, I think we need to create turnovers, and definitely number one priority is getting to that quarterback.
0: Yeah. Um, Chris Ballard made it a priority this offseason of addressing the defense. I mean, you think of our main signings. The trade for DeForest Buckner, uh, the signing of Xavier Rhodes, T.J. Carey, um, all of those guys, defensive side of the ball, and and Chris yep. Ballard's a defensive guy. We've talked about this. He wants to build a monster on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's why the majority. Oh, and then Sheldon Day on the defensive line too. Forgot to mention him um, for more depth. He he wants to build this monster of a defense and and yeah. and go forward with that. In um, our, our biggest needs, um, I I think it was a, it'd be a tie for me between edge like you said, and, and the corner and uh corner because while we did sign Xavier Rhodes um, and T J. Carey, both are on one year deals. We don't know. I mean, we have high hopes for Xavier Rhodes that he can return to Pro Bowl form. Uh, especially with his old position coaches, but we don't know if that's going to happen. We do need to be mindful that we only have him for one year. And even if he does excel, um, and if he wants to go chase another big contract and goes somewhere else, that that very well could be a possibility. So I think the Colts will be in the market for a cornerback. And then when you look at the edge rushing on so our team. So real quick, yeah.
1: between um, corner and safety – you're thinking corner would be the higher priority. I
0: think corner, especially okay. because we'd have young starters at both right. positions. We I mean we've got Malik Hooker, um, we've got Kari Willis, who the Colts traded up for in the draft last year to grab, and right. they think very highly of him. Um, George Odom's still on this team. Um, Roland Mulligan signed his restricted free agent tender, so he's. We've got four safeties, four quality safeties who played big roles, and the Colts do like to play multiple safeties, um, and all of those guys have experience now do i think the Colts will not add a safety in the draft i mean they very well could we'll talk about how i mean their drafting philosophy here later when we talk about Ballard's presser that he had this week
1: yeah we'll get to that later but the i think presser. i don't want to get into it too deep no, yet i know but we're, I, think, I know we're going to tail off and get yeah. into it but let's not but
0: i think <laughs> i think corner and edge both i mean and Ballard's going to be obsessed with the lines like he always does the only thing about this this draft clash, especially on the edge is it's not very deep there's a lot of guys with raw talent but no guys that really jump off at you besides Chase Young as a an absolute star, someone that you can plug in right away and, and they're going to be a solid starter, a solid contributor to your team. A lot of these guys are still very raw and do need work. Um, so I think those are our two main needs on defense. Um, and then safety and interior line, again, probably – Take a back seat to those. Uh, I mean, we made so many moves this this offseason with for the interior of the defensive line, DeForest Buckner. Hopefully, changing the whole mantra of the defense. Um, right. And then, like like I mentioned earlier, with the safety. So I think if if we do target some defensive players, look for those the cornerback position and the Ed rushing position to be the prominent ones in that department. Right. Um So that's just where i think again the colts will always go best player available it doesn't matter if it's wherever it is they're going to draft the the person that they think is going to make the biggest impact on their team now and down the line um so that's why some of these picks may not be what you think they should do because we're thinking more of on a need side but they're going to draft best player available and they're going to stick to their guns stick to their scouting and uh that's i think what we're going to see here uh here this week
1: i like the your use of the word person there as opposed to just player because right. character is so important to exactly uh chris ballard and this team um but yeah with with the signings in the interior i think uh definitely on the line the edge is going to be the priority in the draft and i think that's gonna take priority over the secondary. Um, I could see the edge. I mean, what Kiefer said this week—he's doing a little mock draft, and uh, he actually picked, had us picking an edge rusher um, with our first pick. So um, that shows, you know, I think how important that position is going to be to us this year. With, with Buckner in the middle now too, he's—he wasn't a huge sack influence uh, in San Francisco, but he's an f up the play kind of guy. He disrupts so much. Um, so I, I, I don't want to say we're set interior, but I, I definitely don't think that's going to be one of our first few. He
0: does. When you look at the top three techniques and interior linemen in the league, he's, I think he's third in sacks behind, um. Aaron Donald and Chris Jones, so he's he's got quite a few sacks in numbers. that position. Yeah, in that okay. position. I know and
1: he he had less than their, uh Armstead on his team, and I know we talked last week about how Buckner is better than Armstead. Armstead did have more overall sacks, but Armstead played it, majority on the him, outside though last year. He yeah, played that. It doesn't that make him a better player, right? no.
0: And and the thing about it is too, when you watch, I mean, in the Super Bowl, he had one and a half sacks, almost two and a half. So I mean, the the boy can rush the passer. He he isn't no slouch at I think that. He had five sacks. Altogether last year?
1: Buckner did, I think. Or in the Super Bowl. No, in the regular season, sorry. I didn't look at the Super Bowl stats. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure what his stats were for the regular season, but I do know he was... was, Until Pat took over in the fourth quarter, DeForest Buckner was the best player on the field in that Super Bowl by far.
1: All right, let's get into it. Uh, We're going to talk about the edge first, obviously. Um, So one of the guys we want to talk about uh, is... Yatur Gross Matos from Penn State two-year starter pretty damn good uh big long uh you know can get to the quarterback um only bad thing I saw was you know maybe he's a little predictable he just needs to work on some different techniques he's using the same stuff over and over um uh, but I mean 19 sacks in 2019 and or I'm sorry 9.5 in 2019 and 19 overall in his career at uh Penn State
0: yeah Gross Matos he's he is seen as I've been seeing a lot of mock drafts put him towards the end of the first round maybe slip into the second if he does fall a little bit but a lot of a lot of what people are saying about him is that he is very raw and that's what I saw on the tape this week he's very raw Um, Penn State used him primarily on the outside a lot of times they, they would sometimes I should say they would put him inside um, to try to see if he get interior pressure I didn't see him do very well on the inside I think he's solely somebody that needs to be on the end Um, I don't think while he did have nine and a half sacks he did not seem to me like that dominant pass rusher watching the film he looks more of a if I had to put a comp with Colts fans would be familiar with he looks like a jabal Shear to me some a guy that can set the edge very well on running plays um but he's not going to be that dominant pass rusher if he i think his ceiling in the nfl would be 10 sacks in a year i don't think he's going to be a double digit sack kind of guy um just from watching the film um he like you said he is long um he is athletic uh he didn't seem too fast from from the film. Um, I'm not sure if he ran in the combine. I don't think he ran in the combine. I don't think he had a pro day, so I'm, I don't have a forty time on him. But he just he didn't seem like that dominant, quick guy to get around the corner. Um, he shows flashes, definitely, but we need to see it on a more consistent basis. Um, so there was that he does look like he needs to kind of figure out what his move is almost like he needs to have a plan when he's going to rush it almost seems like he didn't have a plan um and i didn't necessarily like his get off off the line of scrimmage he did seem to be a little bit slow in that regard um but yeah i mean he is he's very long he's real flexible i'll give him that um and he he has the tools to be very impactful player i just think it's not right now and and that's fine a lot of these guys aren't going to be complete players. And if they are, you're going to be a Chase Young, taken in the top five of the draft. Right. So um, there is the potential there. Um, I'm not too sure about his motor. Um, and then he did get um, suspended for violation of team rules um, during the offseason before uh. 2019. So that's, that's something to be aware about, and I'm not too – too familiar with what his football character is so that's also a, could be a concern but um, i think i think a good fit for him i don't know if he's a good fit for the colts i think a good fit maybe would be seattle and i do see a lot of teams mocking him to seattle um but i mean he's got all the tools are there it's just can he put it all together
1: right so i just in a position where i think um you know it'd be great where if, if he fell to us and you know if he's there, I think we'd end up taking him with our first pick in the second round. But with the character issue there, you know, even something small, and and I think I know I'm guilty of getting too nitpicky with these guys that are getting drafted. And like you said, I, these guys aren't supposed to be, you know, these in towards the second round, end of the first round. These guys aren't guys that are playing at a level they're that they're gonna finish their career at. I mean, right. they're they're, they're going to develop. They're going to get better, you know, and that could apply to the character too. So I'm definitely a little picky sometimes when we're going through all these guys in depth, but I just don't see the Colts. If, if it feels like a, even close to a stretch, you know, just position-wise, Chris is going to go well no character yeah and i mean
0: when we're talking about all these prospects we do pick at him a little bit but that's that's part of the draft process you're gonna get nick picky you're gonna try to find things that that the prospect doesn't do well you're gonna find things that he does exceptionally well that's that's just what happens in this prospect in this process so if you, you you hear us talking about maybe what he doesn't do and it might seem like we don't like him that might not necessarily be the case. I mean, every every player from Joe Burl and Chase Young on down has things that they need to work on. Right. Um, so but it's just a lot of times you're looking for that those traits and the the motivation and and right being able to place them with your coaching staff. Can you mold them into the type of player that you you want to mold them into that can fit schematically as well as within the locker room
1: right so um i think if he's there we probably get him um i th- i could see that position taking priority i don't think he's going to be but um a guy i do like um that i think maybe we could snag with our second pick in the second round Terrell Lewis from Alabama big boy 65 uh 260 ish um only in, not a huge sack player um only issue with this guy is you know some injuries in the past um eight sacks I'm sorry six sacks in 2019 uh what do you think about this guy kind of hold on real quick I saw a description about his v-shaped back and I know the writer (laughs) just went no homo when he when he wrote it (laughs) it's
0: I mean it's with Terrell Lewis it like like you said there are some injury concerns um he didn't play in all of 2018 with a torn ACL um this past year he was second team all all SEC he had six sacks um he has he's good he has great explosion off the ball he's naturally explosive he's got a good first step I did notice that 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 does stick out in the film and that's something that the Colts are looking for they they look for guys that are very quick um want to be able to get off the line fast I mean look at our linebacking course flies all over the field with with Leonard and 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 Anthony Walker and even Bobby Okereke. Um, he's like you said, he is very long. He's six five. Um, he's got an 83 inch wingspan. Um, that kind of reminds me of the build of Kamoko Ture. Very long arms. very mm-hmm. tall. Some guy that a guy that can really get off quick. Um, so he does remind me of Ture again. He is pretty raw, um, very long and rangy um, in, in something I read it, they were comparing him to uh, Daniel Hunter in, in Minnesota and he's had quite the career. Um, but it's just going to be, again, if he can stay healthy, that's his main concern is that yeah. the tools are there. And I think he can be molded into a similar player that I think Komoko Torre will be for us. It's just, can he stay healthy? Um, he needs to get a little bit of a str- little bit stronger, especially in his lower body. Um, and that does show on the tape. He does, if he doesn't stay low, he can kind of get up a little high sometimes and, when you do that the offensive linemen are just going to push you back um he didn't seem as balanced as you would have liked to see um especially with these edge rushers you're trying to bend and get that angle I mean do you remember all those times Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney Dwight Freeney with his spin move his footwork was great and Robert Mathis had that unique like ability parallel to, to bend the exactly to bend under those guys and and just get right around to the quarterback and I don't I don't see that with Terrell Lewis, and that's one of the main things that concerns me. Um, his feet are just all over the place, and I mean, that, that can be coached, um, but I do see him as more of a developmental project, again, rather than someone that can have an impact right away. Um, the flashes are there, um, and he did not get at that much time in Alabama to really prove that so the more he plays I think the better he's going to get um, it's just can he stay healthy and and right which which kind of almost makes me think the Colts might put him lower on their board because if yeah. you think about it what we've been talking about all the signings this year have been guys that have been very durable and I think the Colts are taking that super seriously.
1: Right and those two injuries were I mean major injuries a uh, torn ACL and he
0: missed 10 games with an elbow injury an elbow in 2017.
1: Injury. Yeah. So, I, I, just, and, and I have notes about this when we talk about Ballard later. I, I got a feeling of him re emphasizing, uh, the need for availability during his presser. Um, and our signings have really shown that that's a priority in a way. Um, so, I, I, I lied earlier. I again because I forgot my damn notes. Um, that wasn't the guy I, I thought was you know the best fit. Um, the one that I do, <laughs> I'm reading ahead here. Um, is it Khaled? like DJ Khalid Kareem? Khaled Kareem, uh, from Notre Dame. I like this guy a lot, partially because um of what I read I've read on him, but also because of where he's projected. And I think, personally, based on what I would like to see in the draft, you know. I don't want to use our first, our first pick, uh, you know, that early. Um, so I, I, I really like seeing a guy like this down projected, uh, between three and four, I believe. Um, so this guy, I I got a, I got a quote here that I really liked. Um, he's a two-year starter quote says he might not have the same athletic gift as his Irish teammate, Julian O'Quara but he's the better football player right now. And the 2019 tape and stat sheet back that up. And you just said the other day, tape, don't lie. You know what I mean? So, um, I think where he's projected and our needs, I, I think he fits really well. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I really do like him. Um, was a team captain at Notre Dame, that's no easy feat. And that, that to me at least, that that shows something. I mean, the leadership capabilities is, is there. The football character is there. Um, and
1: that team, the team captain on a team like that uh, at an institute like like Notre Dame, that's a big deal. It means something. It means a great deal.
0: Um. A lot when you watch the film on Kareem, he, there's there's a lot to like. Um, he's got great length um, to play in the NFL. Um, he's six foot three, almost six foot four. Has an eighty four inch wingspan. Um, he's massive. Has really physical with his hands, um, and he has he's very good with getting the offensive lineman's hands off of him. Um, that jumps out in the tape. Um, he does again those balance issues mid rush that that sometimes can inhibit him and doesn't allow him to get home as often um he only has 13 sacks in his career in a total of, of 43 games um he had five last year um however he's one never th- had robert mathis coaching him though that's true um one thing that that I did see, though, is Notre Dame liked to move him around a lot. He would be outside and they'd move him inside, and that's something that the Colts do value with their defensive linemen is the ability to play all along the line, um, especially on those long third downs. What they would do a lot of times last year when they were fully healthy is on those third downs, they would move Jabal Sheard inside with Danico Autry and put Kamoko Terre on the outside with Justin Houston and just let him go. Um, so I think Kareem does have that ability to to move inside if need be, on the on the passing downs, if they want to get faster edge rushers on the outside, um, he's a very smart run defender. And uh, again, I think with our left defensive end spot that Jabal Sheard had, that's something that's coveted, especially in our in our scheme, is you need to have guys that are willing to not only go after the passer, but set the edge in the run game as well, so that way to, to hold those blocks, so you can let a DeForest Buckner, a, a Darius Leonard, an Anthony Walker go crazy and get to the backfield to get those ball carriers um i really do like kareem um again i think he the physical tools are there he's a smart smart kid um he had a 365 gpa at notre dame colts value guys that are smart that can pick up the things very quickly um son of a coach that's especially, always
1: especially sorry especially in reference to a guy that is being you know lacks variety and the pass rush and whatnot uh Right now he does, but like you said, he's a smart guy. He's he's willing to learn. He he can he can pick up the extra tools he needs to be a really good, dependable uh, defensive lineman in the NFL.
0: Right. And one thing I did I did notice is he's not the fastest guy um in the world. Um just in the tape, he's not gonna blow you away being a speed rusher. He's more of sure. a power rusher, if anything. Um but I mean, he's, yeah, he is. He's very strong. He's just got really great power traits. Um, and I think he can develop into a well rounded player that can be used specially or he's not going to be a star but i think he'll be a quality player and make good contributions on a on a team um and that's what those championship teams are made of you've got you've got your stars but you also have those quality guys that are making the plays that aren't such aren't the big names necessarily but they're doing their jobs and i think yeah. that's exactly the kind of player that, that that kareem is
1: right so on to uh alton robinson from syracuse uh this one he threw in there in between. I, he, dude, this guy was born in 1998. We're two years away from dudes being born in 2000, being in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and tell me about it. I, I, I don't know much about him. Um, Syracuse is a decent team. The ACC is, I think, um, the best it's been since Miami was at its peak, in my opinion. I guess Florida State was in there for a while, but, the, I mean, You've seen Duke, North Carolina, uh, Syracuse, and then obviously Clemson be playing some good football. And I think uh, Florida State's getting ready – Make their pushback too. So
0: yeah, um, Alton Robinson. He is someone that I is definitely a development project. I don't see him being picked till more of the later rounds. Um, the reason I threw him in there is because I think his traits are there, and he has been training with Robert Mathis throughout the whole draft process until everything got shut down. Um, he he has very long strides. Um, he's he's great when he's rushing inside. Um, he just knows how to set up a pass rush, which which a lot of the guys, like I was talking with Gross Matos, he needs to have a plan. Alton Robinson a lot of times does have a plan, and you can see it on the tape where he he's uh, almost a student of the game. He knows where those lineman weaknesses are and what he lacks in the athletic ability. Um, he does make up with with his plan in pass rushing. Um, he does bend his knees and extends his arms really well. Um, ha- great with his hands Um, I do see that a lot of times he gets a little bit high though rushes high with his hips and he struggles to bend um, like we were talking about with Robert Mathis sometimes he does get upfield too much instead of being able to bend he kind of wants to go straight and can have a hard time getting around the tackle on the outside Um, he didn't have his stats in college aren't great per se I mean he had 10 sacks in 2018 which looked great um, with second team all SAC Um, however, in 2019 last year, he only had four and a half. So, um, he's got a really good first step in active hands, but I think he just doesn't have the, the necessary upper body power to make him a top, a top prospect, both as a rusher and a run stopper. Um, I project him more as a backup, but I think that's what a lot of people are looking at him as, as a, as a backup option in the NFL. Um, now he does have, it does look like he, he has a. A motivation to get better um he does look like he works hard the biggest thing for me about him though is his character and there are the questions about that he was he was arrested in 2016 for stealing an uh. ex-girlfriend's purse and allegedly pushing her into some bushes um the charges were miss were eventually dismissed but at the same time it caused him to be suspended for the bowl game and that's just that's a huge red flag and that's why i mean he's could be an option for the colts but at the same time that's it almost seems like a no-brainer that to kind of put him off the big board and it's it's
1: it's just not a good look right listen never lay your hands on a woman never and i don't think it's funny but the bushes part got me just why did it have to be so specific pushed her into bushes but yeah uh like i said i didn't do any reading on him you added him to the list late um sounds like a piece of shit to me so he can just kick rocks in yeah, my opinion i
0: mean uh, the traits are there uh i don't think he's i mean you never know. Deion Kane had some had some issues, and the Colts picked him. Obviously, it didn't work out. He definitely wouldn't be a high pick. I don't think the Colts would even think about it till maybe the sixth round. I think he's probably very low on their draft board, um, if at all. Um, a lot of the times, Bengals will get him. A lot of times with character issues, the the Colts will kick them off the draft board and won't even consider them. But um,
1: yeah, I uh, and you mentioned Deion Kane. Notice he's not. Yeah, more he did not. More. He did
0: not pan out for us. So, um, I while there's a chance, um, and I do think that it, without the character issues and with him with his familiarity with Robert Mathis, it would be probably a good fit as a backup. But um, with those character issues, I just I just don't really think it's uh, it's likely that he will be a Colt.
1: Right on. So uh, this next one you've got listed as a wild card uh, when. We didn't have that rent down when I do was doing my research. I love this guy. Uh, Derek Tuska, North Dakota State for the cost, you know, probably being fifth or sixth round. Um, I I don't know. I love this guy. Obviously, he played for North Dakota State. Yes. So obviously not the best division in f- football. Uh, you know, conference. An sorry. FCS school. Yep. But first team All American last year. I think I saw something describing him as the best player in the conference. like something like the dude's damn good um but they had to go after him and say he's got t-rex arms (laughs) like he does andrew has major t-rex arms um so the the difference i see about this guy is compared to the other guys um he's not the tallest longest guy um but He's a good pass rusher, uh, I think. Um, especially in the fifth or sixth round, picking a guy, picking up a situational pass rusher is not a terrible idea. Mm-mm. Here's what I really like, though, is that he. I've seen some descriptions um, about him being a really athletic, being really nimble, um, and having that balance that we've seen some of the other guys described as uh, maybe mid pass rush. You know, they maybe fall off balance back with who was the, uh, Terrell Lewis, I think was the one. No, mm-hmm. Khalid. Um, so I think the athleticism there and the fact that we could use him as a situational guy. Not every guy that signs up for the defensive line is a four, you know, th- three down lineman. Right, He, he can get it
0: third and long. Go get him. Yeah. He was very productive in college. I mean, his senior year, he had 13 and a half sacks, 19 tackles for loss. Um, but the big thing that stands out to me along with that five, pass deflections I mean that boy gets his hands up and when you're on the defensive line that is something that I think is so important is defensive linemen have to get their hands up if they know they're not going to get to the quarterback get your hands up so make those passing lanes that more difficult for the quarterback and that's that's something that really stands out his hands up yeah and I mean that that man I mean DeForest Buckner does it all the time he played a huge part in winning that Mm -hmm. Super Bowl Mm -hmm. um like you said he is a very good athlete um, he was known at north dakota state as having a great work ethic and and just a football guy he's highly productive i mean he had altogether in his three seasons as a starter he had 40 and a half tackles for loss that's that's not too shabby that's is, not too shabby it's right. i mean he's he's got that work that work ethic i think he's somebody that is more of a a pass rushing specialist. He's not that great against the run. He does need to be a more real, more reliable run defender, um, and he like you said, a more of a situational rusher than anything. But the Colts have now meetings don't necessarily mean anything, um, with prospects because the, they meet with all kinds of prospects, but. But the Colts have met with him twice. so he's on their radar. It's somebody that in the later rounds if he's available, the Colts could take him to add because I mean Ballard's obsessed with the front. I don't right. I would not be surprised if at least one defensive lineman was taken in this draft at all. I mean he's obsessed with the fronts and this is a guy I think could work well in the locker room and uh, um, become a again one of those one of those surprises that, that that you don't really think of from the smaller school but can come out and he can just play and he's productive at it.
1: Absolutely, and um, he would. I don't. Know, MVFC? is that the conference? NVFC, yes, yeah. Well, he was all American or all academic first team mm-hmm. as well. So slap him on the smart list that we like. All right, anybody else in the edge that you could think of that you want to chat about? Mm,
0: I think we're good there. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a ton of edge players. Like I said, the the gla- the class isn't very isn't a deep class per se um there's some guys that i think in the later rounds you could find some good depth but um it's there's not too many guys really at the top that i think are going to make that big of a difference or be that stud defensive lineman or edge rusher um but uh, it's it's definitely an area to keep watch on especially with the colts and and ballard who's always obsessed with trying to make both the offensive line and defensive
1: line better all right so interior defensive lineman um We've got a few listed here. You know, I some of the guys we got highlighted here, I just don't see our, our need being that high up in the draft with what they match up with. So what do you think the Colts are looking for here in this position in general because I, I just don't see us taking one anywhere near even the third or fourth
0: yeah I mean again it's Ballard's gonna go the reason I put the guy we're gonna talk about guys that are more towards the top is best player available and I think there's a good chance that these guys are available when the Colts are picking uh, we we're only going to talk about three because we I do think that the interior of the line is is one of our strongest players points on the roster um, with DeForest Buckner coming in uh Sheldon Day Denico Autry Grover Stewart had a great year last year and hopefully that just continues to improve to improve um I do think we're pretty solid there now when at the end at the end of the season that was one of our weakest positions in my opinion um and that just kind of shows DeForest Buckner changes everything um so there are a couple guys that that I could see maybe the Colts taking a flyer on um we're going to talk about a couple guys that are probably be closer to the beginning of the second round. Um, and then maybe kind of a wild card, like I said, towards maybe the middle rounds, um, that could be valuable. But, um, again, I just, I just keep thinking of, of Chris Ballard being obsessed with the fronts. And if, if there's a, a guy along the lines, that's going to make this team better, um, that's available. I think the Colts, the Colts would jump all over that.
1: Awesome. So, the first guy we got is Jordan Elliott from Missouri. Uh projected maybe second or third, six three, 302 pounds. Uh big boy, what do you think of him? Yeah, Jordan Elliott, um
0: I've had I had some trouble with his film because he I mean he showed the initial quickness to get off the ball but he just plays very tall and as a defensive lineman um, it, it's essential in line play that you need to get low the low man wins exactly and just, either side of the line yeah and, and he just plays very tall to me and, and it, it gives more of an area for those offensive linemen to grab him um, he has high hips and it makes it tough for him to change directions now as an interior lineman, you don't necessarily need that per se, but I mean, it's still good to have you need to have that quick twitch ability. Um, he wasn't the most productive guy in, in college. I mean, it looks like, it looks like he only has one year of starting. He was a team captain, so I'll give him that. Um, but he only has six sacks in his entire career. Um, so, I mean, he's strong, he but he just needs to – he doesn't – I'm not sure if he has the highest ceiling. Um, he's scheme versatile, which could help him. Um, but, and again, it's the character. There are some character concerns. Um, he's not the most – oh what's the word he's not the most dedicated guy to football i'd say um he there are concerns with his with like conditioning and diet and how much he really wants to be there there are emotional maturity concerns and again ballard and his crew just look look for grown men that are ready to come in ready to work and not not deal with any of the drama they want guys to come in and i don't and with, with those concerns, that, that's definitely gonna knock Jordan Elliott down the board. And I just don't think where he's going to be taken, I don't think the Colts
1: were gonna really wanna risk it. Sure. High ceiling, but again, with our with our strength at the position right now, I I and and exactly. Ballard Ballard is he's not looking at this draft for this year. I mean the the draft is about players that are gonna be playing for a longer period of time. He wants right. to he wants to get guys that he's gonna get to re-sign. And this guy maybe could fall into that category, but just right now, with the again with the strength of the position, I just don't see that going down this this year. Yeah, and I
0: I he's not one of my higher ranked defensive tackles in this class. I actually have the guy that we're going to talk about next. I I rave about this guy. I think this guy, this guy, Neville Gallimore. Um, I love him. Um, he's he's a guy that he was a team captain. Um second team, all big 12, third team, all American last year at Oklahoma. Um, the guy just works his butt off. He's, he's not the most technically sound player, but man, when you watch his tape, this boy is all effort. He's hustling to the ball, trying to do whatever he can plays a a thousand miles an hour, which is great in some aspects and other times it can get him in, in some trouble. But um, he's got good lateral range to work up and down the line of scrimmage. I didn't really like how Oklahoma used him. A lot of times they would use him and move him around the line. I didn't just think you need to put him in the three technique or in the A-gap and just and just let him rush, let that boy go to work. Because when he did that, um, he's got great moves. He can rip. He's got a good club move. Um, he's, he's a great penetrator. And, and like I said, with that elite motor, he, he would get there to the quarterback. And, and even if he'd miss, you'd see this boy take off and chase 20 yards down the field just giving it his all to try to get to the quarterback or or the ball carrier in that case right. um competes like a warrior in the games as a quote that i saw and in, in practice in the weight room like this the guy just the guy just cares so much and it's it's something that that is is contagious and it it really does rub off on, on other people. I think he'd probably be a great locker room guy there. There's no concerns. Um, as far as I can see character wise. Um, I mean, again, he's not the most technically sound player, but that can be taught. He's, he's just athletic. He's a big guy with a high motor, got real good hands at the line of scrimmage. Um, and while he's more projected as a three technique, um, I mean, he could be a backup three technique. You could probably mm-hmm. put him in the A-gap, though, and just just let the boy go. I mean, he's, he's 300 and what, 304 pounds, so not the yep. tallest guy. But uh, one other thing that I do want to mention before we move on or forget, that boy, again, gets his hands up on the inside. He deflected quite a few passes. I mean, he deflected... There was multiple times, and a lot of them didn't count. There were penalties on the plays, which which sucks. But in the in the films that I watched, I mean he he had his hands up when he couldn't get to the quarterback. He'd get those hands up and and make those passing lanes tough.
1: Right. So I, he sounds like a good character fit. Um, yeah. So. Could be a good one in, in the right position. Not going to yeah. stretch for sure.
0: I don't think – I mean, I, I love the kid. I don't think he'll be a Colt just because I think there'll be other teams that will take – that will value him higher than the Colts right. do. Um, Again, going with with what the Colts have on the interior. Um, But, I mean, I love him as a prospect. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be mad if he was on my team. That's for sure. Great
1: guy. Right. And then I got a guy from North Carolina, projected – In the third to fourth, Jason Strobridge, he's a little bit smaller weight-wise, still up there in height. Uh, His last year, his third team, all ACC, did have two block kicks. Um, He did perform at the Combine. What do you think about this guy?
0: Yeah, for Strobridge, I think he's one of the guys, again, that the Colts could move all over the defensive line. I mean, pretty Primarily, he is an interior defender, uh, but I think uh, sometimes you could put him out there on the edge if you needed to. Um, he's he's very agile for a big man and has great initial burst. Um, he's got real long arms, uh, which is which is good for defensive linemen. Um, and he does always track the football. Um, doesn't take himself out of position, which is which is good. Um, the thing, but then you you were talking about how he is undersized at the tackle position. He's only 275 pounds, um, so he's not that big mauler. So you'd probably want to put him at the three technique if you're talking about the Colts scheme um, or maybe outside on on running plays possibly. Um, a lot of times he it didn't seem like he has that that mix of different pass rushing moves per se. Um, he's got active hands, but he does leave his chest exposed a lot. And I saw a lot of times he would get hung up on blocks and couldn't get off of blocks very easily. Um, and that's that's something that, that has to be improved. Um, it doesn't look like he's very um, injury prone. Um, I mean, he the last two years he played, I think he only missed one game total. Gold um, in the star. last two two years, so um, he he could I think he could be more effective off the edge once he gets that pass rushing down with his physical ability, um, a, more like a a run stopping defensive end rather than a a pass rushing specialist um, that can be moved inside. But um, again, someone maybe the Colts can take a flyer on in the later rounds with with defensive line flexibility and and someone that can play all around.
1: Right, sounds like another one of those athletic guys that could. Uh, you know, be willing to learn and uh, mold it into something that could work for us. Um, so yeah, that's uh, all for our uh interior defensive lineman. What about cornerbacks? Colts are looking for in this position. I think, just, I just a, a a ball player, dude. Somebody can take the ball away. Um, athletic. Um, I mean, corner's got to be the athletic. Most athletic position on the field, so um, who are you looking at for the Colts to be, possibly be taken? This could be one of those positions that surprise us early, maybe even with our second pick in the second round or yeah. third round.
0: Well, like I said, I mean, there's there's quite a few guys on the on the Colts or. There's a couple guys on the Colts in the secondary that are only on a, on one-year deals, like Xavier Rhodes, T.J. Carey. You have to be looking. Are these if these aren't the long-term solutions for now, we do need to be thinking about getting someone else to go opposite of Rocky Um and then with Kenny Moore in the slot, obviously, um, you got to have a guy that's 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 long. The Colts love to have really long corners. Um, most of the time, they are tall. I know Kenny Moore is only five nine, but the dude's got the longest. Longest arms out of anybody in the secondary. So... They, they like long corners they like their corners to be able to go and tackle that is required for the colts um, especially with with the cover two tampa 2 scheme that they run um, a lot of times those corners have to be up and ready in the run game don't necessarily have to be the best man-to-man um, it was uh, that's why i was a little surprised last year when the colts did pick rocky scene because he played so much man and hardly any zone so it's not necessarily that they have to play zone but they have to see the ability and the and the traits there to make them a decent zone corner because that's what the corners and the Colts scheme are going to do most of the time um again high character guy high football iq someone that isn't afraid to go tackle and 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 really mix it up in the run game a physical corner um those are all the the, the traits and and what the colts look for
1: mostly in their secondary um another guy on the list we got is jeff gladney what do you think about this dude
0: yeah jeff gladney um he's he's out of tcu He's a um, he was hard to evaluate. I see a lot of times people have him in the um, in the second round. A lot of times, um, I'm not sure if he would be the best pick for the Colts. Um, he's he is a first second round player. Um, he does have quick feet, um, and he was a first team All Big Twelve. Um, he has above average speed. He can recover in a hurry, which is good. Um, it seems like he is more, um, in my, in my tape study, he's more someone that could be more man to man. Um, he is ultra competitive play personality, um, but he can improve the route anticipation. Um, but he is, as long as he will like include improve his physicality things like that he could be a great starter in the NFL Um, he is on the shorter side he is only 5'10 191 Um, his arms aren't aren't the longest again that's something that the Colts really value with those those measurements on their cornerbacks Um, he does go after the ball which is good Um, one thing that I see is he doesn't have a nose for the ball particularly he only had five interceptions his entire career and typically, what the Colts are looking for is someone that can create those turnovers, whether it be punching the ball out, whether it be through interceptions, um, things of that nature. So, um, I do see quite a few mock drafts of, of Jeff Gladney fall falling to the Colts, um, which I really wouldn't mind. I just don't know if if he's someone that that necessarily fits the Colts scheme per se.
1: Sure, um, and if that's the case, and we and we don't get him, I. You, You know, I'm seeing him being projected as a longtime starter in the NFL. Um, So, but that doesn't necessarily – that doesn't necessarily give us, um, you know, what we need. But, yeah, he's definitely going to be somebody we see play in the NFL a long time. Yeah,
0: he's a lot better in press coverage than than zone from what I saw. He is a physical tackler, so that's good. But the Colts – I don't really remember us playing too much press coverage. It seems like the Colts wide receiver or no wide receivers cornerbacks lay off a little bit with the zone scheme. Um, I just so that's that's not something that I could see really carrying over. But again, I mean the Colts pick Rocky seen last year too, and and you seen transferred over I mean he had his ups and downs but I think towards the end of the year he was starting to finally put it all together and that's why I'm excited for a jump for him so you never know with with Gladney could be the same exact thing
1: all righty who do you got next
0: I think we should talk about Trayvon Diggs I mean I think if he does fall to the Colts he's somebody that I could see being filling in and 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 being a valuable contributor with the Colts um he's he's got that height and and the length that that i was talking about he's 6'1 205 um but real tall um longer corner he's got good twitch um again he he does he was more of the man-to-man as well but i think he's he has a better chance of of switching over to his own scheme than than jeff gladney and that's that's what i saw in the tape um I think he does need to work on his technique a little bit and his discipline, but he, he, each year he showed improvement in all those areas with Alabama. Um, And like I said, with that Twitch, he's very, very, very competitive. Um, There were talks about him being one of the most competitive people on the Alabama team. And that's, that's certainly something to, um, to address and, and be aware of. That's, that's something that that a lot of coaches are going to love especially on a a Nick Saban coach team um he does react to different routes pretty easily um and he's got that long speed that he's able to stay attached with with guys that are going deep um in case we are set up in a man-to-man um Trayvon Diggs I just I think he'd be a great fit for the Colts um he does have some special teams aspects to him which the Colts are always looking at you got to be able to play special teams as well um so yeah, out of those two, I would I would take Trayvon Diggs over Jeff Gladney. Um, I think both will be available, um, possibly at the beginning of the second, and uh, and it definitely could be an option there for the Colts when uh, um, when we get to th- uh, Thursday or well, it'll be Friday for the second round. So when we get to Friday,
1: absolutely. Um, so another guy we got is Christian Fulton from LSU. He's another guy that's a little bit smaller, not too bad. Um, projected second to third. I think that's around the neighborhood we could be picking uh, a cornerback personally. So um, what did you see on this guy that you're a fan of? What, what are we worried about?
0: Yeah, and I think, I think that's kind of a little bit low. I see Christian Fulton as being more of a beginning of the second round type of guy. Um, so uh, if, if he does fall, that could be great for us, but um, I, I think he will be drafted a little bit higher than what people are thinking. Um, he's he's a very smooth athlete. Um, he definitely has good hip and body control, um, is able to to stay with those shifty receivers. Um, not the tallest guy, especially for a Colts corner, and his arms aren't as long as, uh, as what... The Colts might like um, one thing I do see is I'm not and I'm not sure what it was I think it was either it was might have been either for for PEDs or for a, a failed drug test of some sort but he did miss the entire 2017 season um so that's something i'm sure the colts and and all other teams have looked into to see to see what's going on um he does have room to improve his tackling which again is something that the colts do very important to do value so um that's that's one thing that could be a knock especially in the Colts scheme um but he does stay with the with the receiver and he has good discipline and the athletic traits are there um so he he I project him more as not, not as high as Trayvon Diggs or Jeff Gladney. Um, could be a good quality starter, um, but not someone that uh, that's going to be a top 10 corner in the league, I don't think.
1: No bench at the combine either. <laughs> Who doesn't bench? Uh, <laughs> uh, so... I mean, do you agree though? That's around the neighborhood. I mean, where he's projected there, uh, second or third, even if that's low for him, I mean, that's around the neighborhood you would expect us to be picking a corner talent
0: wise. I mean, I mean, yeah, again, it's going to be best player available. I think corner could be an option there, um, with a third round pick. A lot of we'll get to what we think the Colts are going to do here either at the end of this episode or or before the draft, but um, I it's if he very if he does fall that far I think he's could be a very very possible selection for the Colts just on on his athletic ability and 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 having the traits there uh like I said he does need to improve on his tackling and that's a big thing in the Colts scheme so if they think they can improve him on his tackling then then I do think he could be an option
1: absolutely um and you'll see you know for sure next week during our uh mock draft episode um well, in well, a couple officially, of days Officially Yeah I guess shit It's just a few days Um, You'll see You know Officially where we think They're going You're going to see Probably the world's Worst mock draft uh, <laughs> Even Worse than uh, Mel Kipper Kuiper, Whatever that Old ass dude's name what is What a garbage Draft it, analyst I, my, my mock draft Is going to be worse Than his that, That's a guarantee That's hard to do I, I'll just copy his I'll just write Everything he said <laughs> down uh, it, Minus Jacob Eason Going to the Colts um anybody else at uh corner position you want to talk about or you want to head on over to safety um i think
0: we could talk about one more i do want to talk about uh damon arnett he from ohio state um not the longest guy not the tallest guy but the kid just produces um he's he's a great he's a good run defender i wouldn't say great good run defender and that's something that the colts do value is you're again your corners need to be able to tackle. Xavier Rhodes is isn't afraid to get in there and get dirty and tackle the runners. We all know what Kenny Moore can do. Um, Rockyson's a good physical corner, so you got to be physical. You got to be ready to tackle and someone that, that that doesn't isn't afraid to go after the ball carrier. Um, and he does have good athletic traits. Um, he can stay with receivers at all different depths of the field. Um, I do see him as more of a man-to-man um, NFL starter rather than somebody that, that's going to be in the zone scheme primarily. Um, however, and there are some maturity issues as well. We, I mean, we talk about it once again, and you got to hammer it home, that the maturity issues are something the Colts are looking into, and they want grown men with grown men mentalities in their locker room. And if there's very much of a maturity issue, it's going to get you off the board.
1: Right. Um, so I just, I found this funny. Uh, he, he did work out at the combine, did no jumps, shuttle, or three cone because of his wrist question mark. (laughs) Does that mean he benched with his wrist injury, but he couldn't run shuttle drill or I don't think he, I don't think he benched
0: at the, at the combine. Oh,
1: it's not listed here, but you're probably right. Okay. Safeties. Yeah,
0: we can move on to safeties? safeties. Uh,
1: what do you think, uh, in this position i i don't I, re, I really don't know we're getting into you know the positions i'm not uh as good at analyzing um definitely not as good as you at this um these positions um what do you think just need wise in this position obviously probably the lesser out of the two secondary positions but
0: yeah I mean and the Colts like I said the Colts do have some good young safeties with Malik Hooker and Kari Willis as starters there some quality backups with with George Odom and and Roland Mulligan they do like to play multiple safeties throughout a game Um, they don't just stick with their top two guys out there the entire time Um, so I could see us getting a fifth safety to add to that um again it, it will all just depend on how the draft falls to see which which guys are there um, and there are some good safeties in here from from smaller schools in particular that have some really good traits and are, are really rising up boards and uh, i think a couple of them while i don't know if they'll be necessarily available when the colts are picking they, they could be pretty pretty good fits within the system let's let's start out with uh with jeremy chin real uh, quick yeah
1: nobody on this ranking list is uh, on the one we're looking at currently uh, is even projected to go in the first round. So I found that really interesting. And mm-hmm. now the boy you're about to talk about homegrown Indianapolis.
0: Yep. From Fishers. Jeremy Chin went to Southern Illinois. He's a guy that has been rising up draft boards. Um, he's very tall. He's long limbed. He's six foot three. He's two twenty one. um ripped. The man is just a, uh, he's got, very great physical traits um very rangy um he, cuz he does have some cornerback experience so he he can play man if he's needs to be if he's put on a, a tight end in the slot um he's got great ball skills and i think that's what is pushing him up drafts because up uh, draft boards um he ran a 445 at the 40 he's he's very fast um he's got a 41 inch vertical um the man just performed greatly at the combine um Real long, he's got good arms, real tall. Um, He's got aggressive run angles and and works off blocks well. He did start all four years in college and was a captain. It it just seems like this guy is the ideal fit for what the Colts are looking for in a defensive back. He does need to be a little bit quicker when and trust his instincts a little bit more, and I think that will come with with more playing time and some coaching. Um, Sometimes he can get a little bit ahead of himself, though, um, and attacking before really diagnosing what the play is going to be, so he does need better anticipation and sort through the routes that are coming his way and into his zones, Um, maybe a little bit better patience, but um, um, because he was caught guessing too often, so he does need, to work on that um but i mean you see the instincts are there he's got range he's long like i said great versatility um he can play very well on special teams so um this this guy just has it all for for what the colts are looking for now and i mean we're pretty good off at safety but if he joined the team they would create some great competition for sure
1: absolutely and this is one of those guys where you know our philosophy of best player available could uh could win but out. Could, could win easily. out. I mean, Chris might go, "Hey, this isn't you know our biggest need position wise, but look at this guy, um, you know." And those kinds of picks that surprise people are the ones that have produced. A Darius Leonard, one of the best linebackers in the league. They get a uh, lot Quentin of Nelson. flack
0: of eventually uh, at, when you first see him, uh-huh. but uh, once they start playing and and, and producing turnovers and produce, producing those highlight plays that that are so valuable to the team, a lot of people are like, "Huh, well, this actually was a good pick."
1: Right, and and Quentin Nelson, who I've heard be called the best offensive lineman in the league, obviously by Colts fans and Colts media, but I've heard people who could care less about the Colts call Quentin Nelson the best offensive lineman in the league. This guy, though, um, Jeremy Chin, he is just stocked with recognition throughout his four years um, at Southern Illinois. Freshman All-American, second-team All-MVE FC. Uh, sophomore year. He was first team all MVMC, led the team in, in interceptions his junior year, and then he had his best statistical career his senior year, uh, 2.5 tackles for a loss um, as a safety, four interceptions, uh, All-American, uh, consensus All-American, and then first team again, um, as along with being a team captain.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's like I said, he's got everything that the Colts are looking for in the safety position, and if he's if he's available there, don't be surprised if, if that's what's the name that's on the card the fifth, with our 34th pick.
1: Wouldn't shock me, and I don't have a problem with the whole sometimes he gets caught guessing because my grandpa always said I'd rather be lucky than good any day. <laughs> um, who, who else we got? Uh, Kyle Duggar? Duggar?
0: Yeah, Kyle Duggar. Another, I don't, I've never even heard of this he, school. He's a very, very small school. I'm not even sure if I'm going to pronounce it right. A Lenore Rhine? uh hopefully that's right
1: maybe it's in georgia because that's where he's from yeah
0: um he is a he is a little smaller um he's only six foot um but he's he does have those long arms and those long hands um large hands um he's got really good reactive athleticism and that's something that, that jumps out in the tape um he does react very well you see he's got a nose for the ball um he not this past year he was injured but his the year before that in 2018 he had 13 pass deflections like that's that's a big number uh-huh. he even had that uh in 2015 when he was a freshman he had 10 pass deflections and four picks so with a smaller school uh, that that production is good to see but then you got to think about on the flip side he is at such a he is at a smaller school is that going to translate when he's playing against the big boys consistently? Um, so he's, I mean, the game speed's going to be so much faster in the NFL. Uh, but uh, like I said, he's got the length, he's got athleticism, a nose for the ball. Um, a lot of people are projecting him as a as a box safety, so more of like the Kari Willis type role for the Colts. A little bit down, even though the Colts do play two two deep safeties a lot when when they do have Malik Hooker back there just roaming um they'll have him come down um another thing he, that they say is he could be like a weak side linebacker which that's not necess- that's not a need for us at all since that's what Darius Leonard plays for us uh-huh. but um I mean he he he's a good physical specimen with a nose to the ball and that's 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 something that the Colts value is somebody that can go after the ball create those turnover worthy plays and and it's something that's valued in Matt Uberflusa's defensive system
1: Absolutely, and another guy that is just loaded with accolades, uh, including D2 Defensive Player of the Year, Senior Year, First Team All-American, First Team All-SAC, um, and he was First Team All-SAC as, uh, for three years in a row. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that's another guy that uh, you go, who, from where, that Chris Ballard isn't afraid to go ahead and get, um, you know, if he's there at the right time. So another projected second-round guy coming – from such a small school, uh, could be, could be interesting, uh, player in the NFL. Uh, we got, Burgess Burgess? yeah I just
0: want to talk about him real quick um I think that's that's a name to keep an eye on um mainly because he he was a starting nickelbacks and shifted to safety so there's position versatility there um and and Chris Ballard has made it a big deal about when Kenny Moore went down last year that's when the defense started to crumble and getting somebody that can play that backup nickel role now it looks like it's going to be TJ Carey this year more than likely but having that Position versatility in the secondary is is key and and is helpful to a lot of teams. Um, so, really, what put him on the NFL radar was his breakout senior season. Um, in his senior year, he had 81 tackles, um, six pass deflections, um, seven and a half tackles for loss. So, those are those are pretty good numbers. He is out of Utah, uh, which which had a, a pretty good year this year. Um, honorable mention, all Pac-12. Um, so he does display the range and the and the mental awareness, reminiscent of like of, of a Darnar Darn- Savage, uh-huh. from last year that got picked up by the Packers. Who I was a big fan of. Um, will this be somebody that the Colts hit on? Maybe in the later rounds. I think if he's available, they definitely could take a take a flyer on him. Um, big hearted kid, according to his coaches. So he's and he's got extremely high football IQ. Um, both of those things are gonna fit well really well within the Colts locker room and um so I mean he's he's an eye he's a guy to keep an eye on not sure if he will be with the Colts but if he makes it to the later rounds I mean they could take a flyer on him for sure to upgrade the secondary in both positions really
1: absolutely all right uh this week Chris Ballard finally addressed the media, I think, for the first time. Definitely the first time since Rivers was signed. I think this is the first time since the uh, end-of-season press conference that we've gotten an actual sit-down with him, right?
0: Yeah, since the Combine. Well, he talked oh, a little yeah, bit about the Combine. The combine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, but uh, other than that, I mean, we haven't really heard much from him, especially from the beginning of free agency. So um, it was good to kind of... Yep hear his thoughts especially about the draft and uh gave us quite a bit of insight into what the colts i think are are going to do
1: yeah uh i've got i mean i i just sat and was typing and typing and typing notes last night uh re-watching that um presser for the second time first of all chris's basement's fucking baller yeah that was that, his was his like uh wood paneled walls uh and he's got his three tvs got there three tvs just us, ready to go told us that he flipped around to the other side of his desk to hide his draft stuff that he had going on um but yeah we got a lot of information out of chris i feel like um in this press conference obviously we talked about they talked about uh, one day maybe uh they talked <laughs> about um <laughs> they talked about the quarterback position a good amount um and I mean the biggest thing, and in, in this is just you know, beaten into our heads over and over and over by Chris. But it, in any position, especially not the quarterback, uh, they're not gonna force it. They're gonna need the right guy, right fit. He said maybe this year, maybe next year, maybe the year after that. Um, not gonna force it. Uh, and, he, and he still was full of compliments for Jacoby along in that process as well.
0: Yeah, I, and this is what we were talking about earlier when he, when he was talking at the end of the season and at the combine and i think a lot of fans are going to be disappointed if if we go that that first night and we don't get a quarterback or or we trade out trade back from the 34th pick and don't get a quarterback they're they're not going to force this thing no matter how loud the fans get how much people plead for them to go get this guy or that guy they're not going to force it they're they're going to stick with their board they trust in their scouting and it, the more he talks about it, the more I'm thinking that I don't even know if, if like we talked about last week, if Jordan Love gets down to the bottom of the first round. I don't even know if the Colts trade up into the first round from what he's talking now, Obviously, he's not well, going to tell us his draft plans, obviously. Absolutely. But the thing about Chris Ballard over the years is he makes these moves and you go back and look, listen to his press conferences and he gives those little hints. He basically tells you what he's going to do. And by him saying he's not going to force it, it doesn't seem like he's going to give up a lot or trade up to get to get a quarterback. If he's there to to select when it's their time to pick, then sure, that's I think that they'll make that decision then. But it's I don't think it's something that we can expect the cultures to say. Oh well, if Jordan Love gets to the end of the first round, or um, we're going to jump up and grab him. Or if if there's a quarterback available at the beginning of the second, that that's automatically going to be our first pick
1: absolutely and it gms you know opposite of agents agents are the ones out there talking up their guy and getting them to move up the draft board gms if they if they're interested in the guy and they're worried about not reaching they might just they, they might be floating some stuff out there you know trying to get other teams a second guess so mm-hmm. i mean any you think any of this qb talk i mean i felt like after chris talked to us and and even about the wide receiver position, I feel like our first pick, this is swaying me towards defensive end, the way Chris was talking. Um, do you think any of that talk could possibly possibly be to try to drag that guy down the draft board a little bit further and, and make people think we aren't interested?
0: I mean, there's always a chance of it, but but like I said, when, when you go back and you think that might be the case, and then Ballard makes the move that he was basically talking about the entire time, it's like, why are we psyching us out and thinking he's trying to do something that he's not going to do I mean he says it all the time yeah I'm obsessed with the front that's where I'm going to look to build first so I mean you might see an offensive tackle take it with that first big maybe if Ezra Cleveland like we talked about last week if he falls the second round I mean that could be Anthony Costanzo's replacement here in a couple years when he's ready to retire Um, it could very well be a defensive end or someone on that defensive front it could be a wide receiver you with Chris Ballard the op- all options are on the table and i think that's i think in a sense it might be frustrating for us fans because we want to know yeah. what's going to happen we want the long term solution at quarterback now but you just can't do that that's not smart team building and and like how we were talking about before best player available when you're talking about if, if we pick jeremy chin yeah it's not necessarily a position of need but if the guy goes out and he becomes a pro bowl safety for 10 years for us are we really going to care i mean that's that's going to be something that that we'll all love. Um, And then you look at the Darius Leonard pick. Nobody was thinking, I mean, this, like, who is this guy? A lot of people didn't even know who he was, but Ballard trusted his scouts, trusted his, the people on his team to go out, make the picks, stick with them. And, and, and for the most part, it's worked out. So that's why we need to be careful in thinking though, our first selection is going to be a quarterback or, or a wide receiver just because it's, it's our need. and, And we need that. That's not just because it's a need. Ballard's not going to pull the trigger. We're going to go best player available, and 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 fans really need to just accept that.
1: Absolutely. Um, and then it kind of more of the same here in the wide receiver position. Again, just not going to force it. Uh, he did emphasize that. Um, you know, it's it's a real deep wide receiver class. Um, he, and he likes that depth. And I, the more he talked about the wide receiver position, uh, just really kept that that's got me thinking again that first pick is the wide receiver is not the priority along with quarterback
0: yeah I mean he did talk about saying like we need to get T.Y. Hilton healthy that's going to make a big big difference Paris Campbell healthy they still have Zach Paschal and I mean he knows the Colts need to add talent on the outside for Philip Rivers he's not an idiot it's just with with how deep the wide receiver position is the Colts know that they, they could possibly wait a little bit later in the draft and still get a guy of, of good quality. Daniel Jeremiah, in his top 100 prospects, 18 of them are wide receivers. 18 right. in the top 100. I think I saw that's a, guy a lot. That was
1: projected in the fifth. That a guy was saying, well, he could still be a starter. Right. You know, I mean, that's insane.
0: I mean, a guy I'm, I'm really high on that could be selected in the third or fourth round the, the wide receiver out of Liberty, Antonio Gandy Golden, uh-huh. who's a big guy. I mean, we talked about him last week. A guy that I think would fit well with the Colts was was really good at the senior bowl. I mean Chase Claypool in the third round. So why don't expect wide receiver to automatically be that first pick either. The Colts are going to go best player available and Absolutely. and it might not be the the big names that you want, but I mean how many times have we thought, "Oh, Ballard should have made this move, Ballard should have made that move," and and he turns out to be right. So we just we got to trust in Ballard that he's going to keep doing what he's doing. Trust the scouts that have proven Countless times since Ballard took over, that to make these kind of decisions, and I mean, you never know. We're saying all this; they could very well take a quarterback with their or a wide receiver with their first pick. Yep. It's just going to be how the draft falls and how their board stacks up with the prospects that are left for them.
1: Yep. And um, I mean, obviously we talked about best player available a ton. Something I want to squeeze in here: he did talk about um the Buckner signing. Uh, mm-hmm. and he, I mean, easy. He said the word oh, yeah. easy, I think fifteen times. Uh I mean he praised the Super Bowl performance. Um, called him very disruptive in game, which I called it I said earlier. Um, and he and he specified again the word durable. He I mean, it was no accident that he went out and got a bunch of guys that, you know, play um, you know, stay in the game and play a lot of games. Um And he said, you know, thirteenth is a high price, but he sees him as a high caliber player. And I loved his line. He said, premium players cost a premium price, and I think that applies not only to free agency, um, but also the draft. So, right, um, if 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 he goes and gets, uh, you know, a player, you know, let's say he fooled us all and he is planning on trading up, or maybe already has something, you know, in place to trade up, um, and trades up to get Jordan Love or somebody, you know, that premium. Premium players cost a premium price is going to stand out to me again in a kind of situation like
0: right. That. And, and when he was talking about DeForest Buckner, you mean three or four times he mentioned the the high character, high leadership, football, football, IQ, a football leader for the locker room, and that's yep. what it's going to. That's what it's going to take to jump up and get. Um, if they are going to make a move like that, yep. You you hear him talk about how it was so easy, um. The in the, what prompted that is the indie reporter that was asking the question said it must not have been easy for you because because of how much he loves those picks. Well, when it's a player of that that magnitude, it is easy. And he said he was holding his breath to hoping yep. that it would get done. I had that part. In um, too. it's so when when they think they're making the right move when they're going to get a premium player they're going to do it so if if they don't trade up in the draft here on thursday into the first round if if jordan love slips down there um or they they don't trade up or even stick with their pick and they trade down that means that they don't think there's a premium player at that position and they can get something else of better value down the line um and the more he talked he said he said he'd like to have more picks and we'll he said we'll see if we're lucky enough to have that happen or we'll we'll see 34 is going to be a prime pick to try to trade up because people are going to see What is left after that first round, and guys Uh that they think could have they could have gotten the first round being available. I can't
1: believe he's still here. I can't believe he's still here. Give me that pick. Give me that pick.
0: Exactly. They're going to be calling Chris Ballard on the phone to try to trade up to get to that spot so they can take who they want. Ballard isn't isn't afraid to move back a few picks Uh and maybe get another second rounder, maybe get another third rounder, or 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 a pick later in the future. So, don't be surprised if that happens either Chris Ballard I think he's more likely to trade back than trade up in the first round and I know we were talking about how we think Ballard would do it next week trading back in the first round but after hearing him talk it, it really doesn't seem like that's I, yeah, what's gonna the happen I don't, I don't think that will happen
1: I don't think it's gonna happen either based on his talk and he's a pretty damn transparent GM but exactly um doesn't mean we can't talk about him. And, and, and I mean it's fun to talk about, about, about and, and you um, never know.
0: We didn't think he was gonna trade for the for DeForest Buckner. That came out of right. nowhere too. So with this offseason, he has done things that are counter what he's done in the past. I mean, signing the old Philip a thirty eight year old Philip Rivers, trading for DeForest Buckner. He said, I mean, we're gonna stick to our plan, but if we have a he kept saying a unique opportunity. Yep. If we have that unique opportunity to go get a high caliber player, we're gonna do it. And I think that he mentioned
1: when he was talking about DeForest Buckner, when he was answering that question, you know, he, he said, listen, they, again, the premium players cost premium price. And he said, right. and, and we're going to have more of our owners are going to cost us some money here yep. soon.
0: I mean, you got to think Quentin Nelson's contract's going to come up, Darius Leonard. Um, we'll see. They did talk about that. They're still deciding on whether to pick up the fifth year option for Malik Hooker. But I mean, Ryan Kelly's extension's going to be coming up. They might need to pay Marlon Mack. That's still iffy. We'll see. I mean, yep. I, if, I was him. I would want to pay Marlon Mack, but we'll get to that running down backs, the line. Yeah, it we'll just kind of depends what what that happens. But I mean, you're you're spot on with premium players cost a premium price, and and if they're those leaders, those high character guys, they're gonna they're gonna be a good fits with the Colts, and and the Colts are gonna show it.
1: Right. So, um, let's talk logistics of the draft real quick. I think I got three quick points um, that I want to throw in. First of all, obviously, and we we said the same thing. Um, you know, all 32 teams are under the same conditions as us. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he said, same works getting done, no lack in productivity. Um, he also said, and, and I've been trying to pay attention to the way the NFL's planning for the season and trying to find hints, like, are they planning for all scenarios, um, for the season? Chris Ballard does that. Um, he said, they've been, uh, finding ways to do things that they like over the past three weeks. Um, planning out the process um he said they've used different platforms he's literally trying to he's trying to hide what platforms he's using because he wants to get an edge on other teams and that well
0: they even said that they found stuff in this time that they're going to continue to use moving forward and they think it's right. more beneficial for him so. he said he
1: thinks it made him better as a as a, as a team um right. and their ability to make picks um and do 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 yeah, I just Damn, think I, I oh. just
0: think it's uh, everyone is under the same umbrella of what they have to deal with. Um, the great teams are still going to find a way to get great players. Um I mean, this is the National Football League. Yep. These guys are professionals. This is what they're paid to do. Um, every one of us that's working from home now is facing struggles. No no different than them. So um, we can't throw a pity party for them. I mean, these are uh-huh. billion-dollar organizations. They, they, they'll be able to figure it out, and I'm excited. I'm just so excited for the draft to see what's uh, what's coming. And I Are there going to be a lot of trades this year? Are people going to be willing to stay – upset with what they have just because it is so different they don't want things to be messed up um it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a fun time
1: um something i i love this part that he talked about i'm really impressed with the the backup procedures he has set in place just at his own house yeah uh backup generator and he said backup internet service i don't know if that means he literally has two uh, service providers right now, or he maybe he got like a hotspot, he
0: does. He has two different. Internet he had to service get a providers. second
1: line run into his house for that. Right. You realize that? Yes. And it, I just thought I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then on top of that, they're doing a walkthrough of the draft with the team, and uh, apparently the NFL is also doing some kind of a walkthrough. I thought the that NFL was is cool. doing a mock draft tomorrow
0: said, with the with okay. all the. With, they're doing like a two round mock draft, and it's a random order. With random prospects. Yeah, and they're just picking names so, out of that. Yeah. And funny thing about that, I heard the Cowboys picking first tomorrow. Oh, that's uh, funny. In the in the fake mock draft. So Joe Joe Burrow to Dallas. you heard it here first. Jeez.
1: That'd be so funny. I <laughs> hate that, Prescott. So um and then I love it. He said, You know what? If I, I'll pick up the phone and make the call if I have to. I'll call on right. the pick if I need to. So um backups on backups. He on doesn't backups. seem too
0: worried about them getting everything no. done.
1: And uh and then the future again just kinda goes along with the whole planning thing. Um. Somebody asked about you know football with no fans. He said, "I don't know." He said he's gonna follow what the league institutes, trust the league, and they're gonna do what's best for the safety of the team, staff, fans, etc. Um, they're just gonna be prepared for any scenario.
0: Yeah, I, I you see a lot of the media members when when the NFL is talking about wanting to start on time, them getting all they get butthurt hurt about it, saying, "Well, how can you do this?" Well. The thing is, none of us really know at this point what it's going to be like in September. So, I mean, uh, it's great to have the hope. But if it has to change, it has to change. I don't think that it's hurting anything with saying, like, projecting Uh the game starting on time. I mean, we just don't know. And so we we might as well go as business as usual until we have to make a change. So, I mean, OTAs. As long
1: as they're planning for all scenarios. Right. OTAs,
0: OTAs start tomorrow for the Colts. So, And they're doing all virtual Classroom work. They're, mm-hmm. do, they're the position coaches are going to meet with with all the guys to go over go over the scheme and do as much as possible. So, um I mean, we didn't really talk about that much, but yeah, OTA start tomorrow for the Colts. So that's that's exciting. All right,
1: all right. That's it. Another long one. Happy quarantine. Um, I do want to let you guys know we are now available. Pretty, and I can say this now. Pretty much. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are now available on still Apple and Spotify, obviously Google podcasts. um, I've got a link, but it's not quite up yet. Um, It's probably going to be a couple days, but we got breaker pocket cast radio public. Um, So listen, tell your friends to listen and you guys need to leave reviews and we need some more reviews. I, I don't care if you don't give us five stars, leave reviews, give a rating and Oh God. And
0: guess what's gonna happen in a couple of days? Bonus episode. Well, that your phone sounds, phone sounds up. <laughs> like. I was gonna do something funny. Fucking Bonus tips. episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we're gonna
0: do a mock draft right before uh, the real draft. So we'll probably what you thinking? Maybe release that um, Wednesday. I'm going Thursday?
1: to try if. We can keep your long-winded ass to a monitored level. <laughs> we can probably get it out Wednesday night. Definitely, say. definitely Monday morning. Um, Monday so yeah. morning. You mean what? Thursday? Thursday morning? Yeah, the day. You hey, man, it's quarantine. It. You get it. And the days don't matter. Yeah, we could um, try to
0: put it out Wednesday evening. Maybe. That'd yeah, be so I'll try funny. to get it out by
1: then. um So. That's it. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Send us some questions, please. We're gonna need some stuff to talk about after this week. Um, so send in some questions. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, uh, excuse me, the Educated Fan. That's at T H E E H D U C A T E D F A N, and you know the rule: only spelling it once. That's it. Everybody have a good week. We'll talk to you Wednesday. And happy NFL draft week. Happy draft week. Let's go. Here comes the. Here comes the. Here comes the. Y'all don't really want it like Here comes the.
0: Here comes the. Here comes the. Y'all don't really want it like Here comes the. Here comes the. Here comes the. Y'all don't really want now said so, I keep big bills up in my on look dirty like blood, so ain't got no...